0: Pause and calmly reflect on whatever you are doing. Jesus. Jesus. We love your name. There is no name under heaven, above heaven, that all men and women should worship except Jesus Christ. Amen. What other name are we going to worship? The Bible says only his name is worthy. That is a name I can wear as my head covering. That's a name as I, I can have over my head as a banner. That's a name I can bow down to and worship my king. I worship Jesus Christ every day unashamed of the gospel just telling everyone we are so loud it's obnoxious but as a disclaimer i tell you the truth it's because we've been raised from the dead seriously that's why we're so zealous penny comes out of so much religion my wife i come out of so much rebellion we come out of so much sin it's disgusting i mean really our past is so disgusting. It's like, I don't even want to talk about it, but it's a testimony. And we're forgiven. It's like whether a younger prodigal comes from the pig trough or an older prodigal comes from church, all the angels celebrate when the prodigals come to the Father and join the feast of the fattened calf. Luke 15. Amen? All angels rejoice when one son or one daughter returns with all of their mind to the Father and makes room in their souls for His possession. You are created to be possessed of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. But really, I've never met a boy or a girl, and I speak from experience, that didn't have so many father wounds that it's like, oh my God, the nations are orphaned. And, I mean, even the best dads. And my dad it was a marine, squad leader, combat, Vietnam vet, killing machine. I grew up with stories of blowing gooks' heads off every day. Dead people hanging on my wall from the Polaroids and necklaces of ears. I mean, that's my childhood. That's what I grew up with, that intensity every day. And you know what? It was awesome. I mean, no dad was cooler than my dad. He'd drive me to school in his brand new Porsches and his brand new Beamers. And all the kids, like. but you don't, you don't understand, it's, we needed the blood of the Lamb. Yeah. I mean, my God, the wounds were so deep in our family. It's like, without the blood of Jesus, my posterity, the Barthrop name, would be erased from the face of the earth for eternity. We had maxed out sin in our family, I tell you the truth. That's why, at age 18, I was dead. I couldn't even see in color anymore. I'd filled my soul with so much sin. And it wasn't even so much the drugs. It wasn't even so much the alcohol. It wasn't even so much the sexual morality. It was just the presence of Satan and sin and death in my soul. My perspective was so warped. I couldn't even see in color. I couldn't see in life. There was no life in me, only death. It was like a zombie walking around. Jesus Christ had to abduct me, literally, like an alien abduction, kidnap me from Whitefish, Montana, and move me illegally through the court system and adjudicate me into Minnesota Teen Challenge against the court's legal order. It wasn't even legal what they did. You can't adjudicate someone across state lines. You can't do what you do. The legal system was so broken, my lawyer never even talked to me. I'm 18 years old as an adult with zero rights. Didn't make any sense. They said I was so far gone that he's not even worth talking to sitting in a jail cell at age 18. Expelled my senior year of high school because they they sat me down. The principal, whose son on on my football team was my quarterback, played varsity football the year before, but I was so far gone in sin, I just maxed it out and Grace lifted off my life. And the principal there, my quarterback's dad, said, you're no longer welcome on campus. If you ever step foot on Whitefish High School's campus again, you will be arrested because we do not want another Littleton, Colorado incident. We think you're going to kill everyone because you're so crazy. <laughs> That's what they told me, and the cops grabbed me and dropped me off across the street and said, don't ever step foot on school property again. That's how it went down my senior year of high school. So I was expelled, you know, and kicked off the football team. My hopes of varsity tenants had already gotten to state at varsity by sophomore year, junior year, were gone. You know, I was getting recruited by the University of Montana, Missoula for football to get a full ride scholarship for football because I was all conference wide receiver. Everything gone. So I'm just like, well, what's left now? I'm just going to do all the drugs I can. And that completely destroyed me. And the cops busted me with drugs. So it's like every last wiggle room of getting away with something was gone from my life. It didn't make sense. And my dad comes and sees me in Whitefish Jail. He walks in. I'm so angry because I feel like everyone has turned on me in the whole world. It makes no sense. I didn't do anything. Why am I expelled because you're paranoid that I'm gonna murder my, my friends at school? It makes no sense I loved my friends. To this day I'm friends with those people on Facebook. It doesn't make any sense. And that my dad comes and see me sitting in jail, I'm so angry, I flash him. That's how weird, wild that was. And uh, in front of all the cops and everyone in jail, and they're like, oh, God. And, and they all gave me props afterwards, like, dude, you are a bad dude, man. We'd never seen anything like that. Who was that guy? It's was like, a dead man. You know, and just my attitude was so bad. <laughs> they put me in a jail cell with this guy who had beat his wife, wife up numerous times. And that guy even felt bad for me and was giving me his top ramen in jail. It's like, this kid is so messed up. <laughs> He's doing two years in county jail for spousal abuse. This was in Kalispell, Montana. Right on uh, Kalispell Lake. One of the most beautiful areas in the whole world. And it's just like, <sighs> grace had been evaporated from my life. In the midst of just all this beautiful stuff going around. And all my hopes and dreams as a human being. Mm-hmm. Literally all my human plans, God just got rid of. And my dad was angry about it. I'm angry about it. And the only person that was happy about it in the whole world was Jesus. Because he was the one responsible for this whole mess of destroying my human life. He's like, I got you. And he moves me over (laughs) to Teen Challenge through the Amtrak. You know, they're waiting for me when I get off the Amtrak in Minneapolis. And they bring me to Teen Challenge. And they're like, we'll drop all the charges if you do this one-month program. I walk in and they tell me it's 12 months. So I feel like I'm just getting... Screwed even more, so now I'm just infuriated. But this guy there is sitting there, Pastor Graves from South Dakota. They called him Papa Graves. and that wild? Wow, his name was Graves. <laughs> and and everyone's there, my mom and stepdad, and they're clueless. And Rich Sherber, and he's a real apostle, a missionary from South Africa, and I love him to this day. He saved my life with that program, and all these other old adults, you know. And I'm 18 years old. Just looking like hell. And at the head of the table is Pastor Graves. And he turns to me. He just says, Son, and he's bawling, bawling, looking at me, and his eyes are shining. He says, Son, you need this place. And I looked in his eyes, and they were bright like scary bright. And I'd never seen that light in my entire life. And I said, Whoa, that's something new. I've been looking for the answer of life. I've been looking. What, why are we here? What's going on? It's just been a nightmare my whole life. And he says, give this place a chance. Says, I'll give this place a chance because of you. Because <laughs> you're crying. I've never seen love like that. Never seen that light before that's in your eyes, real sparkly. I would we'll come in and I started manifesting. That night manifesting. And it was just a nightmare. Every night they'd have to hold me down. They'd have four guys there. When i go to sleep, they have to hold me down. I was so demon-possessed. You know, and if they didn't hold me down, I'd poop and pee all over the floors. I'm telling you, I was a a gathering demoniac. And for three months, for the first two weeks, it was every day. Couldn't remember anything at night. I wake up the next morning, no recollection whatsoever what happened the night before, and all the pastors would be looking at me, just watching me. be like, what? I didn't do anything. It wasn't me. It was the devil. And I had no remembrance whatsoever of it. It's right here, downtown Minneapolis. (laughs) And after two weeks, they gave me a room. And then, it was every other day deliverance for three months, driving demons out of me. And it felt like 10,000 watts of electricity. And so this was my first encounter with Christianity. My only experience before that had been Roman Catholic school at St. Charles Borromeo in Titino Grace for a short time. So I thought, you know, certainly there's no God. You know, look at the Catholic church. All they do is molest boys and narrowly escape that as a child. And so, you know, we're just bitter, angry kids, and it's like, now there really is a God, and I'm feeling this energy, electricity. I was infuriated. Like, this whole realm of God had been hidden from me my whole life. Where was this? It was just above the darkness was His glorious light the whole time. And I never believed because I never saw that light until I looked into that pastor's eyes. Seriously. Until a man demonstrated the glory above, people in darkness never can even see it. Where is it? Where's the light? Where's the meaning of life? Where's God? Where is this Jesus you preach? Is he in your souls? He's in a lot of people's souls. But I'd never seen it before. Until Pastor Graves. Never. Not one person my entire life. They're all fakes. Like, the, even the... I'd get ministered to all the time. People handed me tracts because I was always the worst kid. And, you know, I'd go to all these different schools because we'd move around the country so much. And they'd always be inviting me to their church, evangelizing to me and tell, you know... And I was just, I'd watch them. I'd be like, man, you, you're lame. Your life sucks. I mean, you're not even having fun. You hate this. Why in hell would I join you? why would I go to your church? You're miserable people. You're not even happy. I'm having so much more fun than you. And I was, and I was right. And they were wrong. And they're just religious hypocrites. You know, I mean, I don't even know if these are real Christians in America, what I've experienced. It was just like nonsense. You know, I mean, I I don't know about you guys, but maybe you've experienced some hypocrisy in Christianity where it's like, they say one thing but they're full of secret sin and they're doing all this stuff and it's like everywhere and it's like where's the truth? Where's the Lord Jesus in the mess of this Christian circus in America? Where's a pastor or a preacher that's not into money? That's actually real? Into the Holy Ghost and doesn't care about the golden calf at all? I mean try to find one! And there's more than one, but they're hard to find. They're rare gemstones. They're out there. I know a few of them. They're my friends in ministry, but they're rare. Most men and women get into ministry for personal gain. Like, it's a job. They're called hirelings in scripture. They do it for money. You think we do this for money? Oh my god, we've been filleted. I mean, think about it. Think even logically if you have to, through human reasoning. Why do you even do this? There's a million things in the world you could do where people just heap insults on you day after day and your name is treated like manure everywhere. Do you enjoy Are you a masochist? Do you like having your name smeared across the earth as a blasphemer and a cult leader and a, all, all these names that they label us with in the drunken glory? You know? Every day. I mean, every day we, we send this video out throughout the whole world. We've hit 25 million the last three months through Facebook. We've been doing it on YouTube for nine years. We have a Vice documentary that hit the million viewer milestone this week. And it's like you read the comments and it's just abuse. They're just like, idiots. F you. F you. F you. I'm going to rape your wife. I'm going to murder you. You deserve to die. They should lock you up. Murder, 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 murder. That is the vast majority of comments on our videos. I mean, do you watch it? I mean, it's like most people to this day hate Jesus. Hate that light. And they do it out of ignorance. And you got to be like everyday father, forgive them. They know not what they do because it's just the human nature. That's why everything in the world is so screwed up. It's because... The human nature is so orphaned. It's so fallen. These people hate themselves. Most of them. They hate themselves, and that's why they hate their neighbors. I mean, we deal with it every day. Self hatred is everywhere. And they pretend like they're okay, and they pretend like, you know, I love myself, you know, and I. I love you, and a lot of people don't even pretend. A lot of people just are open haters. But I'm telling you, the root of that hate isn't even the neighbors, their brothers and sisters around them. It's not, so don't take it personally. Just understand. It's because in their hearts, they hate themselves. Now, this isn't a unique thing. This is common to all men and women everywhere because we've been born into the curse of the fall. We've been born orphans. We've been born of flesh. I mean, we come into this world, even with the best dad. I mean, seriously, and I've seen a million dads. My dad is the best one I've ever seen. And I mean, he's a crazy, crazy Vietnam vet dude. Like, I mean, like a Hell's Angel leader type biker dude. But his heart is pure gold. I mean, a good, good man. And it's just... Melts me. Because I've looked at everyone. And even with the best dads in the human nature. It's just like, if that's our standard, we are screwed. I mean, it's hopeless. But we have a Father in Jesus Christ that is perfect. That is divine. That is glorious. That is not a part of this creation. That's outside this universe. In heavenly Jerusalem. By the spirit of adoption we cry, Abba, Father. It's Him who fathers us, that gets out all the sin and all of the self-hatred and all of the contempt and envy and strife that neighbor has against neighbor. I mean, it's everywhere. I mean, you know, we want to say it's Jews and Christians and Muslims and, you know, they all hating each other and the Jews and Christians are kind of getting along against the Muslims, but it's like the Muslims and the Sunnis and the Shunis and all these different denominations in Christianity are all hating on us. It's just the human nature hating on itself. The answer is the same across the board for all the religions. God the Father through Jesus Christ the Savior of the world for he saves us from all religions. Most deceptively, Christian religion. And I've been in the gospel and Christianity now 18 years and it's like you can have the whole New Testament memorized, and I've been around people that have. I've been around prophets that can quote Genesis to Revelation like Bobby Connor, And I know people that know the whole Bible. Scholars, doctors, you know, all this stuff. And it's like none of that matters unless you have the Father as your head covering. You can have the entire New Testament memorized in your brain and still be an absolute wretch. Because it's not about the letter. It's about the spirit that inspired it. That's why there's so mis- so much misunderstanding, so much misinterpretation of the scriptures, and that's why there's a 100,000, literally, denominations of Christianity worldwide. 100,000. Seriously. I didn't know it was that many, but it is. That's gross. And there's over 1,500 translations of the New Testament into English. So it's like every denomination makes a Jesus and makes a translation of the Bible in their own image, according to their own doctrine. And I come out of the Assemblies of God and we're the same way. You know, it's like, we're the Tongues Christians, we're the Azusa Street Pentecostals. And that's the Assemblies of God. Assemblies of God is Teen Challenge and North Central University and it's the biggest denomination in the world after Roman Catholicism and all Christianity. And it's like, I saw the death in there for so many years where it's just like unless your brain wraps around this doctrine like you can't even fellowship with me. Like unless you believe the same letter as me, I can't be your brother. I mean, I saw it with so many people amongst the professors at North Central, amongst just even the doctorates of the scholars that would come in that were like some real godly men that have been excommunicated from the Assemblies of God denomination and they were like the most spiritual people I'd ever heard preach at our Wednesday preaching at North Central. And sure enough they're the ones that were excommunicated from the denomination. I mean this was before I was 86 from the Assemblies of God for the Drunken Glory movement. And these people were anointed and it's the anointing that breaks that yoke of religiosity that you have to have the same letter interpretation. And it's a major deal in Christianity. This is everywhere. This is why they still use the Bible to murder one another instead of love one another by the Spirit of God that raised us from the dead. That's the whole issue. We can love each other perfectly regardless of creed, color, denomination, any of that flesh stuff, any of that brain stuff. You can love perfectly by the Spirit of Holiness that saved you. As long as you stay in the grace of the Holy Spirit, it is the easiest thing to do. Just like a child, just loving people. You actually got to get brainwashed in religion to learn how to hate people that disagree with you. Because it's not even in the seed of Jesus Christ that you're born again of. You've been born of the incorruptible seed of the Word of God that cannot sin. So why do you keep sinning if you've been born again of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and the living waters and the blood of the Lamb? Because you get brainwashed by people that stop believing in their first love. And that honeymoon bliss is gone and they just go into dry, arid places of slaving for the dead letter that's killing them. Religion is everywhere. In the Bible, it's called the spirit of Antichrist that always sets itself up in the temple, and your bodies are that temple of the Holy Ghost. So it sets itself up right here in the conscience and keeps a demon reptile spirit, like a serpent in the garden, right there, lodged in the forehead, like Pharaoh's cobra, right through the mind. And it's always accusing, always accusing you, and you can never overcome the accuser. You're always getting beat up by your own mind, having conversations in your own head, seen it 100,000 times, and it's a religious demon. That ain't the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is pure freedom, pure joy, pure love, pure glory. Because a lot of Christians think that cobra in their forehead is the Holy Ghost, and it's not. That's Satan. And it's probably not Satan because he's just so high and mighty he's never going to possess you. It's just one of his imps. It is. It's it's not even a big powerful reptile. It's just one of those demons of a hundred million religious demons trained in hell how to control and manipulate the Christians. They have a university system in hell for religious demons and they have to memorize the whole Bible. They're all Pharisees. It's called the seed of the Pharisees. Jesus Christ said, beware of the seed of the Pharisees. It's the religious seed of Lucifer. The great red dragon, the beast, and the false prophet of the book of Revelation. That seed always comes and counterfeits everything the Holy Ghost is trying to do in your life. And so it deceives people and pulls people away from the river of life, pulls them away from their blessings, pulls them away from their destinies, and locks them up in religious bondage in their human brains. And it's like the saddest thing because it's everywhere. I mean, you go in every city in the USA, it's everywhere. But his blood is greater than religion. Older prodigal sons and daughters of Luke 15 who come out of Christianity, Christianity Christianese, Christian religion, all of you prodigals who need the forgiveness of sin for your pride of self-righteousness, all of us do, me included, but so many millions in America don't realize how wicked their self righteousness is. That's the sin of Cain, that's the sin of religion. That is equally rebellious and wicked to the younger prodigal who spent all of his money on prostitutes and drugs. You know, you can't say that in church because the people are like, oh no, crackheads are worse. The crackheads really need Jesus, you know, and they're up there high and mighty. And it's like, no, that religious pride has murdered the rebellious for 6,000 years thinking it's better, Cain and Abel. That's why Cain murdered his brother Abel. He thought he was better than Abel. He thought his self-righteousness was more valuable than Abel's spiritual sacrifice. It's always been about brain and spirit, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life in the garden of the earth. That's what it's always been about. And the final revelation now is The tree of life is greater than the tree of knowledge. The spirit is more powerful and greater than the brain. (laughs) Like Guardians of the Galaxy, the ego has to die to set the world free, to set the universe free. The ego, that planet, the brain, the human brain, the self-righteousness, the self-awareness, the me, 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 I, 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 that original sin of pride has to be crucified So everyone can say, I've been crucified with Christ. I don't have an ego anymore. I don't live for myself. The life I now live, I live by faith in God. (laughs) I live for Jesus. That's why, whether I have hard times or good times, it's easy because it's about Jesus. Now, my whole life is based on Him. It's not about me at all anymore. That's how we can easily walk through the valley of the shadow of death with heaps of persecution on us every day for 11 years. It's, it's easy. Coming out of what I came out of rebellion, I would have done, I'll do it a million more times if I have to. I don't want to. but if I had to, I'll go through this 18 years of the gauntlet of American Christianity a million more times because it's worth it. I'll do anything to hold on to my salvation. I'm not going back into sin. Then the joy is your strength like he, he, he could do this 18 more years and be just as invigorated and just as ecstatic and just as fiery because the Lord is so faithful to build up and so faithful to encourage but not just that so faithful to just bless you out on his real substance now it's time for all the religious and self-righteous and egotistical and Christian narcissists to be crucified with Christ and enter the feast of the fattened calf. Enter the sacrifice of the table of the Lord and feast upon His victory because you have no victory in your own self-righteousness. That is the greatest revelation for these religious is that you have no victory in your brains. You are not capable of winning. The human nature, the sinful nature, cannot win. Every victory of, the, of our own brains is a mirage. It's a lie, it's a deception, it's a matrix. All victory is Jesus Christ and Him crucified, and you simply partake of His victories. That is real Christianity. That's the feast of His flesh and blood every day, feasting on His victory, feasting on His resurrection glory, feasting on His living word, feasting on His living wine, drinking His blood, eating His flesh, and getting so filled with His life that you're victorious over everything in the world, and your cup overflows, and everyone in the world can eat the scraps off your table, and the scraps are so big, they're like meteorites hitting people with bliss everywhere, or they're like, man, I want that kind of Christianity. I want that sacrifice. And they join you in your feasting. That's how the great awakening begins. That's how the nations will come to the splendor of our rising because we've risen from the dead and overcame the world by Jesus Christ and Him crucified and simply obeying Him, following the Holy Spirit and obeying the Holy Spirit. And any time we disobey, just brush it off. A righteous man falls seven times and gets back up again. You know you got a million enemies and the fallen angels and the demons and the religious and the false brothers. I mean, there's just so many temptations out there, especially in the first world nations. I mean, I know people that have been telling me for 10 years, every week, that they're going to come to Joel's bar and never have once. We've been doing this 10 years. And it's, they can't because they're always distracted by worthless idols. Satan is always tempting them to do anything else except grow spiritually. But you are blessed. If your life is destroyed by God like mine was, that is the love of God that destroyed everything worthless in my life that I was going to do in my own human nature. It was, that was God sparing me a worthless life that would have no eternal rewards. I am so thankful for being annihilated by Jesus Christ so that only everything I do every day can have eternal rewards of silver, gold, and gemstones, the believer's rewards. Because I don't want to build sandcastles. I don't want to spend my days doing worthless activities. I only want permanent breakthroughs. I only want fruit and fruit that lasts. In Jesus' name, so thankful. So blessed are you when the Father disciplines you. He's treating you like His own children. I mean, what child is spared the rod of correction? They all turn out to be spoiled brats. I deal with them every day at the Calhoun Beach Club. I deal with them every day. It's just these people, their lives are destroyed because their parents just let them do whatever they want. I'm around trust fund babies all the time that just had everything handed to them on a silver platter. They're the most messed up people I've ever seen. But honestly, I think the most messed up people I've ever seen have been the PKs, the pastor's kids. I think honestly that's the most maximum rebellion I've ever seen where it's just like whoa I don't think I've ever seen a person more screwed up in the head than a pastor's kid (laughs) in my experience I tell you the truth, that's just me hallelujah, these people need Jesus these pastors need Jesus we all need Jesus, that's the revelation it's like this sacrifice is our eternal feast, it never gets old it's an eternal cup it's only old if you're into religion. I get excited for the daily feast, keeping the feast of real Christianity, feasting on his flesh, drinking his blood, getting drunk on the blood of Jesus, getting drunk on the wine of the new covenant, getting drunk on my Father in Heaven's love towards me. Are you kidding me? I feel so happy every day. I'm exhilarated with joy. And it's contagious because everywhere I go, I see people break out in joy all around me, like at breakfast this morning. Everyone was singing, dancing, coming up, high fying you know, fist pumping. It's, it's like a jubilee breaking out. And these aren't even religious people. They're just in the, enjoying the reign of the blood of Jesus through their brains and the sovereign atmosphere of the sons of God. I don't think a single one even knows. They're just feeling good, you know? <laughs> Birds in the sky. You know how I feel. You know how I feel. Mm-hmm. Breeze drifting on by. Breeze drifting on by. We're feeling good and I'm feeling <laughs> in Jesus good. name. Thank you Lord. for making every viewer, every listener feel good, not about anything they've done, but by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. He's done it for you. You're simply the partaker of his sacrifice. Be filled with the heavenly glory. Be filled with the blood of Jesus. Be filled with the flesh of Jesus. Be healed of every sickness and every disease. Be healed of poverty. Be healed of religion. Be healed of rebellion. Let's go Jubilee. Let's go Great Awakening. Everywhere in Jesus' name. Check us out online, redletterman.com. Everything's free. We love you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen.